A Quaker family grapples with fighting in the Civil War. A decades-long look at the inhabitants of a Texas ranch. An English teacher goes to Siam. A cradle-to-grave story of Moses. And two men traverse the globe in under 12 weeks. This time on the Oscar should have gone to 1956. And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to around the world. I have my background blurred because uh, we got all our boxes and stuff, but a lot of stuff still not unpacked. But the cats are doing the same thing they did last time where they're like walking all over the place. But I feel like it looks like much stranger because they're mostly blurred unless they come in this like little area. It definitely. So why do you, so you have it blurred just for funsies? Well, just cause it's sort of a disaster behind me. Do you think that I'm in a bunch of judge you judge? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. fair, fair assessment. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mac, what's going on? Uh, not much. Um, not much. I'm here with our new friend, Anthony. My new friend, Anthony. Hello. Yeah, yeah you're you're uh, in Los Angeles. Oh, you just got it in the face from that cat. In the face. Jesus, Louisa. Um, Oliver, and- our, our eldest, um, he got a piece of tape stuck on his leg, and he oh. was trying to shake it off, and he kicked, kicked me in the, in the face in the meantime. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Um, this is you know this is the life of Bo 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 Bo. Tick, tick, boom. Either of you watched it? No. Oh, okay. yeah, I've seen it. I've seen did it, but really? I don't. Yeah, I did. I watched it. I did not. Let me tell you, you know, you know, what's not, you know, what is not a crowd pleaser with your parents on Thanksgiving and your, and your <laughs> aunt and uncle tick, tick, boom. <laughs> what is they, this? They weren't, where they is weren't this? really, they weren't really the rent generation no, that we were. Definitely but. not the rent generation did not recognize anybody in the diner. <laughs> Even I, Cheetah Rivera. <laughs> I don't think Who's so. That? Who's yeah. that? They look familiar. I like Andrew Garfield, but I don't think I could bring myself to watch his things. It's a little so, cringy, but just in the same way that Rent is very cringy. I will say that I'm on record on this podcast that I think he's sort of a tryhard. I think he's the mm-hmm. sort of the female version of what Anne Hathaway always gets flack for. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I do think he's good in that. I agree. I agree with yeah. bo- I on think both it's those the guys. Best- I think he's the that's the best he's been since Social Network for okay. me. Um, uh, this is off topic, but Anthony and I are having traditional the traditional LA Christmas drink, which is hmm. margarita, margarita, a margarita. I'm I actually have I have to I haven't told you this. I'm I'm having a I'm having a beer. I have been sending so friend of the pod, Maddie Smith, Megan's husband, um, beer aficionado, has a beer podcast, Liquid Bread. <laughs> So there's a beer, beer, there's like a beer depot that's less than a 10 minute walk from me. So I've been going like every like week to 10 days and getting like another taster pack. And I sent Maddie like four different photos of these taster packs that he just did not reply to at all. (laughs) And I was like, I was like ready for my segment on the pod, you know, ready to come on and do like Craig's East Coast Corner and talk about like a different brewery from the East Coast. Just no response. I'm no going to text him right Finally, now. Finally, 
Oh, okay. No, finally, he did respond. the okay. last time I sent him, he did respond, finally. He was like, sorry, I've been meaning to. I was like, this is like three weeks ago I sent you the first one. You know, one. the thing about him is he bitches all the time, especially about Larry, his co-host on the pod. Yeah. Uh, I text Larry, he doesn't respond. I text these people, they don't get back. What's wrong with these people not getting back? And then, and then, what a fucking hypocrite. <laughs> Should we get divorced? Uh, I, that's That was what... That's actually why we brought Anthony on. Um, this, <laughs> this is an, an intervention. intervention. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I couldn't think of anyone better than someone who's known you for about six months. <laughs> um, that's, that's the sweet period of getting to know someone. That's so yeah. true. You really, yeah. you really yeah. get a, that's when you get a feel and all the, you don't know all of the bad, annoying things. Yeah. Yet. And that's then true. you'll learn the, you learn the annoying things. I was saying that this morning to Maddie because, again, bitching about something. And I was like, you know, I just want you to know, like, you're annoying too. <laughs> yeah, uh, most people are. Most people are. That's like the the, the human condition is to be annoying. You know? It's yeah. Um, we should we should officially introduce Anthony Armentano yep. is our guest here for. Well, Anthony, you did this to yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah, the I 1956 did. episode. I don't know of why you did this. Podcast. I don't know why you did this. I, I looked at the list of movies. I looked at the You years. looked at the list of the movies? I looked at, that's what <laughs> Sorry. I, I looked at the list of movies I, uh, for the different years I was given. Um, yeah. And you had a stroke. I had a stroke. And, when and you, you said, and you know which one? I, I'm going to pick the year that on average has the longest running time per film in Academy Awards history. Do you know what the average running time is? Tell us, Craig. It's two hours and 53 that's minutes. That's insane. <laughs> it feels, it that's felt insane. like that. It felt like that's that. That's insane. This, what did, what did you text me when I was texting you, Craig, earlier? You were like, this has been a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah. This is a lesson in futility. I don't know what we were thinking. No. You know what, and you know what's crazy? I did not watch this movie, but, um, so four of the five movies that were nominated for Best Picture, the directors were nominated, and the fifth uh, nominee was King Vidor, who directed a War and Peace adaptation, which was three hours and twenty eight no, minutes long. No, no, Jesus, no. I don't understand. No, like I, this is this is canon for this podcast. We've said this a million times. No movie needs to be over two hours unless that movie is Titanic. That, that and the is, Godfather. And the Godfather. And the Godfather. Titanic we, and the we Godfather. Have given two dispensations to be over 120 minutes long. Mm-hmm. That's it. That is it. Every other movie ne- you need to get your tell your story in under two two hours or under. Yeah, we we both have, we bonded over our love for Inside Lewin Davis. Mm-hmm. Perfect runtime. Yes. Perfect runtime. Perfect runtime. Perfect runtime. Run under two hours. Thank you both, Coens. When the Irishman came out a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, if, if you could tell me Martin Scorsese could sit down in that theater without having to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and, and I actually liked, the, I, I liked the Irishman, but I, I don't think it's possible. No, that man has a prostate the size of a pee probably. No, you know, like, An- no. Anthony, I think I works? share this, I think I shared this on the pod back in 2019, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't saw the Irishman at the Lemley in NoHo. And about 10 minutes before it ended, the couple in front of me got up and left. I was like, <laughs> oh, you could do three hours and 10 minutes, just not three hours and 20 minutes? Jesus. Like, what is happening right now that, that is, you're leaving? 
That's wild. Like at this point, like you have, it's your whole day. Maybe have, they had to go pick up a child, you know, or something. Because here's one know. other thing. I don't I'll, think so. They were an older, I mean, they could have adopted later in life, I yeah, guess. Sure. But they were like a couple in their Janet Jackson had a kid when, he was, when, they were fi- when she was 50. David Letterman. Mm-hmm. There Kevin you go. Letterman. Think about that. That's here's the true. thing. Here's the thing. Um, the other thing, too, that I will say, as somebody who has been to the movie, the movie theater mm-hmm. recently, is it's not only the, the issue now. I don't know if this is... I feel like it's gotten worse since, co- since movie theaters reopened with COVID and there's like a backlog or whatever. But I will say that in addition to movies being too long, including yeah. a movie that I saw yesterday, which we'll talk about. Um, trailers now. The movie doesn't start for like another half an hour. I literally yeah. was like, there are 10 trailers before this movie? Like, I enjoy like, a trailer, but good Lord. Good I know that Lord. I have like timed out my movie going correctly if I walk in as Nicole Kidman's foot is yeah. in the puddle. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I know that I've only got about two minutes left before the film actually mm-hmm. starts. Yeah, and it's so, and that is when the lights I, go down. I saw a movie today. Um, we're recording uh, mid afternoon for you guys, late afternoon, early evening uh, here on the East Coast, and it was at an AMC. And they have a shorter version of the Nicole ad now. No way. What yeah, does she, what about, does she do? She. She it's just, just like basically her walking in the theater and like the brief thing. And it only shows um, a star is born. Like it's a clip of oh. a star is born. It doesn't show all the other clips. It doesn't show her like walking into the actual like theater complex, just the actual movie theater itself. It's about, I would say it's maybe like half, maybe even less. That's of the great. Runtime, that, gets which, a, yeah, that gets the point because across. I can't tell you how annoying it is to be sitting there because I've seen all these trailers now 80 times and like on Twitter until they do the AMC thing. And then I put my phone away and then I remember I have to watch Nicole for three and a half minutes after this, do you think which I, I have could, seen a million times. Do you think point. I can pull off that suit? I like that suit that she's wearing. Yeah, I, Short answer. No. <laughs> I don't, I can't picture the suit. Not in that size, obviously. All right. I can think about is the way she talks now. Yeah. I can't picture the suit. You know, she's going to win an Oscar this year, I think. For that's the my, Lucy thing. Yeah, and I haven't even seen it, and I'm going to tell you right now, that's my, we, the, 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 the mine, you know what I'm saying? Like the, yeah. the everything is falling into place. It's a, it's, it's, she's a favorite. She's great. It's about Hollywood. It's a biopic. Sure. Like, yeah. yeah, they're going to, um, I'm just telling you. Be prepared they, for her to you know, talk during this this acceptance yeah, speech. Yeah, okay. You guys got big news though. LA theater wise, they officially announced that the ArcLight, at least the Cinerama Dome, is reopening. Oh, great! Did you I see didn't this? know that. No, I didn't see no, that. No, I missed that too. Yeah, so at least the Cinerama Dome. They don't know for sure because it's the same company that previously owned ArcLight, and they actually own like the land for that space, but they don't own like the ArcLight complex. Interesting. So they don't know if they're just going to open the single Cinerama Dome or if they're going to reopen everything. But I saw online, someone was like, someone check Nicole's avail. But <laughs> I think if you're Arclight, you get Kate Blanchett. To do the w- to welcome do like to a the similar, whatever yeah. the sim. You yeah. Get, you get the you get the indie Australian darling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really good point. I need to talk about Kate Blanchett for a while. By the way, at the end of this pod, we'll get into it. We'll get into well, it. Well, she she was in Friendly Persuasion, so we can um, <laughs> talk about her. 
Has she? Well, you know what? I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna save it for the end. I'm gonna save it for the end when we talk about movies that we've seen. I'm gonna save. Right. It for let's the end. let's jump into this. Let's let's transport ourselves back. No. Everybody let's not. close their eyes. <laughs> We're going back 65 years. It's 1956. The Red Scare. Yeah. It's all over the place. You know. Mm. Are we in the um, Korea? Is it the Korean War that's happening now? We're in the Korean yeah. conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's still going on. It started in 53. Probably there's still probably dribs and drabs of that. I could be wearing a poodle skirt. Dwight David Eisenhower is the president. My we mom like is a year old. Yeah. Okay. So all, we'll see. All of the nominees, period pieces, though. Isn't it right? Didn't mm-hmm. it make it feel seem it, it yeah. it feel older? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, period yeah. pieces yeah. to, you know, I mean, in the ultimate period, the bi- biblical period. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but let's start, as we always do, we'll go alphabetically and we'll end with the best picture winner, which is Around the World in 80 Days. Or 12 so we'll weeks. Start with prob- <laughs> just under 12 which, weeks. I wish the name so of the, we'll t- s- the title of it was Around the World in just <laughs> under 12 weeks. Tw- yeah, a little under 12, <laughs> almost three months. Um. So friendly persuasion, I would say, is probably the, even though we can talk about all the, we will talk about all these films and, you know, their merits. And if anyone should ever really need to go back and visit any of these films. Short answer, um, no. <laughs> but friendly persuasion, I would say, is probably the forgotten nominee. Like Absolutely. This is not a movie that I had ever heard of prior to when I started, you know, collecting Best Picture nominees. I was like, oh, of course, Gary Cooper and friendly persuasion. <laughs> And William Wyler directed it. It's like not a, yeah. non, it's not a, like a, you know, there, it, the, these people are stars. Um, man, this movie, not, not a lot of there there. Shortest movie though, right? Yep. So that's I think, a positive. Uh, I think it's a little longer than The King and I. It's a little oh, longer than The King and I. God damn it. Like Doesn't even have around, that going for it. They're both around like 220, I think. I think it's like 217 and King and I is like 206. And then everything else is like three hour plus. Jesus Christ. I watched them in the middle of my run of watching these, and I got to tell you, it felt refreshing. Did it? <laughs> in what way? In a way that it wasn't a three hours. You were like, oh, well, well, oh, I just well, want to learn Anthony, about Red Rover. Tell me Anthony, more about the horse. Anthony, tell me what dost thou think of this film? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but but the these and the you what what the things with the thee and the thous thou. and the okay. Um, do present present day Quakers do they speak like this? My stage combat teacher, J. David Brimmer, who's a fight choreographer at when I was at NYU, is a Quaker. Like he would commute in from like central Pennsylvania. Okay, can I like, ask a question? When can he I, taught classes, was it Richard Nixon a Quaker? I think he was really. Uh, yes, at least. <laughs> wow, he did that. Oh, he did that community <laughs> dirty. Here's yeah. my question, and this is maybe a dumb question, but I am curious: What is the difference between Quakers and the Amish? Well, so Quakers are, are non nonviolent, but aren't the Amish? The Amish basically shun modern society. Completely. Okay, okay, okay. Like whereas. You wouldn't know it because this takes place in the 1860s, but um, <laughs> like present day Quakers do not like not use electricity okay. or okay, you okay, know, okay, okay, telephones. Okay, or the, and, speaking of Andrew they Garfield, also don't get, but they also don't get a rum spring. So. <laughs> they don't. Get, I love they don't that. Get to let it out. They, they don't as get to let it out. When they went to the fair. Um, so, question: As we yes, no dancing, no dancing. Is this the town? Like, is the town from Footloose Quaker Town? I think they are. No, I think no. they were Baptist. Oh. 
Okay. Next question. Andrew Garfield in that movie about the Ridge and that Mel Gibson directed. Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. Okay. Yeah. He, was he a Quaker? He's a, he was a conscientious objector. Was he a Quaker? I don't think he was a Quaker either. I think he was just, uh, he was just a (laughs) very Christian. Excuse me. I'm, this is, excuse me. It's the dog on the couch, I think, Anthony. Uh, yes, I, <laughs> yes, mind blown. Dog on couch. Yeah. No. Hacksaw Ridge. I can't. I couldn't tell you because I can't remember most of that movie until about the hour something point when uh, yeah. the firefight happens, and I was disturbingly awoken from my mid theater <laughs> nap. I didn't hate that movie, no, but, but it's for the, like fourteen minute terrifying sequence. No, that yeah. is that is terrifying. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty telling that we are talking about hacksaw Other ridge instead of friendly persuasion. Yes, yeah, right. right. I um, love that you find it found it refreshing. <laughs> I just was like, what is the point of this movie? My 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 third my third note was who cares about this movie? Yeah, like who is this who is this movie made for? I mean, I get that Gary Quakers? Cooper was like a this Gary Cooper was, you know, a, a Hollywood star. This is towards the end of his career. He died rather young of cancer, like not young, young, but like in his like early 60s, I think, late 50s. Um, it's hard to this, see Anthony Perkins as anything else. I know it's very I, hard. He's not a so, bad looking guy, too, but it's like, yeah, you I just read, want to talk about mother. So, you know, that Oscar book I found, like basically at my mailbox, um, before I left Los Angeles, that's mm-hmm. like inside the Oscars. So I read the chapter on 1956 today. And there's a, a part about, because Anthony Perkins gets nominated for Best Supporting Actor, <laughs> and how they did like for Time or someone. Yeah, Time or somebody did a profile on him. And uh, in it, Gary Cooper's quote was basically like, it'd be good for him to go live on a ranch for a year. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Get to toughen him up a little bit. <laughs> so we know what Gary Cooper thought of Anthony Perkins. Yeah, I guess clearly. we got that. So, I guess we get yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree, honestly. He didn't, he does not fit in this movie. But also this movie doesn't fit in this movie. I don't understand. <laughs> it was my least favorite. It was my least favorite. And you just said it was well, refreshing. Because, because of the runtime, specifically mm. the runtime. But, it, but you know, I, I was upset from the minute. It started because there's that kid kicking that goose, and yeah. they're talking. Oh all, yeah, they're talking all goofy, mm-hmm. and I was just, you know, happy somebody rolled through town and was like, "Why are you talking like that?" Yeah, I, I mean, was like, that I was identified. Yeah, that I identified that with was that a guy. great moment. That was yeah. great when yeah. he was like, "Why are you? Why are you speaking this way?" Well, I liked it too because he was like something about like who like. He was like, dost thou or whatever. Like, and he was like, yeah. me? And he was like, no, thou. And he was, and I was like, guys, I think we both know what's happening here. Can one of you be like, oh, you mean, yeah, you mean you. Like, you know what there's I'm saying? Like so many, there's so many things like that that are like played out like way too long. And maybe it's just, you know, us millennials, this TikTok generation. <laughs> but like when he, uh, when he fights with his wife and then um, they have sex, mm-hmm. it's basically like, like that's like a seven minute scene with him and the other guy from the church when he comes and realizes yeah. what's been happening in the barn. And they're like, how'd you bring her around? And he's like, reasoned with her. 
And it's just like, and then okay, they, then they, yeah, he determines it. that they had sex, and then the Gary Cooper's so embarrassed, and I'm like, dude, your wife is hot. Like you banged your hot wife, and you're you guys are like and she's old the preacher, and she's the preacher. Like why wouldn't you be like, yeah, man, like we fucked, it was great, like and like now we're cool. I don't yeah. know. It's such a weird point of pride to be like, I'm embarrassed that I had sex with my hot preacher wife. You know? Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's. it's if it, if we have lain we have lain together last <laughs> night in the bar. Just say that, and then the other guy you will be hath, like, "You have caught me." <laughs> that, that was impressed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, easily the most forgettable. You're right. It just doesn't. I mean, the point of the movie is what do Quakers do. <laughs> When Apparently. what do Quakers do during the Civil War? And I guess what but we like, learned is like sin. they kind of fight. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What an American movie that's like. Uh, you know what you should do is just eventually abandon all of your like beliefs and pick up a gun. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That was pretty America. much it. Yeah, yeah. America. Throw you know what? your morals uh, out the window. Don't watch country. this. Don't. I'd say don't watch this movie. You're not missing anything. Um, I'll say that that it did have a supremely uh i was so annoyed by the scene where the elders come to the house mm. and the daughter and her civil war captain boyfriend for who's home from the front play the organ upstairs it's like you know you guys w- literally had to leave the room because you knew the elders were there you know they don't allow music in the church your mom's mad about it why are you playing the organ it's you don't an, think they can hear the organ down it's there? It's an organ. And, like, they put it in the, like, you definitely can hear the organ. People have also, played it before. were there professional movers that came in to, like, carry that organ up? I don't, know how, I don't know how they got that move, that organ up there, up the stairs. Yeah. Yeah, through the thing. It's I don't like know. a third floor that yeah. that organ's up there. The organs, uh, I believe, are heavy. You in, believe? In my experience, I would think yes. so. Yeah, yeah, I would think so, yeah. I mean, a guy has to go town to town selling those, and he, he has to have them in a cart. <laughs> What a we- you know what I want to follow is that guy's life. That's yeah. more interesting to me. Well, he won me yeah. over with the whole "Why are you talking like that?" Thing yeah, why exactly? He's the "Why are you talking guy. like that?" Why are you talking? The guy, oh god, her boyfriend, the Union soldier. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. think of his name right now. He's like Gale. Or you don't like know that. everybody's <laughs> name in this movie. No, how dare you? His why would you even come name- on the pod? I'm I sorry. Couldn't- I'm sorry. The only person in this movie <laughs> I, I can name, name <laughs> is the horse. The horse's name is Red Rover. That's it. That's the end. I can name Gary Cooper and Anthony Perkins. I don't even know their characters. That's names. fair. Like I just called them not. by. Of course not. Yeah. He, her boyfriend, uh-huh. Union Soldier guy. Yeah. For this period, yep. looked more like Joe Namath <laughs> than than someone of the time. He yeah, had, he had some Joe. flowing blonde. Yeah, locks, he did have right? some locks. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then he he'd like, been at the front. He he couldn't get thine hair cut. You know. <laughs> Um, what uh, this, what's something I didn't know about the civil war that we did learn in this movie though, is if you fought in the civil war, you either died in a trench or got like tennis elbow. Cause everybody else like <laughs> just had like, like a loose, like splint sort of like thing going on or they were like dead. Dead. But, yeah, yeah, there those was, were the two things. Yeah. Not a lot of in-betweens. Honestly, seems like a pretty dope war to fight in and if yeah. going by that. And like they all, well, it doesn't matter. I, I'm, I cannot believe we've been talking about this movie for as long as we have. 
I will say this was the perfect movie to play in the background while I fucked up the Christmas cookies that I was that I was baking. <laughs> <laughs> because it was very easy to ignore for five, ten minutes and then come back and be like, has anything? Oh, no, we're still just hanging out still on the whole the thing. Yeah. Oh, okay, Great. cool, 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 yeah. cool, cool. Yeah. No dancing. Yeah, all that no dancing. Thing. I did Great. like that. The, I, I like that they brought the goose back around. That mm. that was like the big breaking point. Yeah, for, for her. For her is uh, <laughs> is those rebs going after the goose, yeah. and mm. also that they were like, oh, it's a pet. Fine. Yeah, I we'll didn't expect tear that. apart your entire house, but. We'll leave the goose be. We'll leave the goose be. I'm like, listen, if it's one thing I know about ribs. They ain't leaving the goose be. They're not leaving that goose be. And I'm going to be honest with you. They're probably not leaving those ladies be. I know that's gross to say. No, I was worried about that. But it didn't happen. Not in a Gary Cooper movie, I guess. Not in a Gary Cooper movie. No. In a John Wayne movie, yes. But not in a Gary Cooper movie. Um, Well, then let's move on. Um, Let's move on to a, a big movie. I would say a huge movie. Would you go so far as to say it was giant? giant? (laughs) So here's the thing about this movie and I, when I was in college, Mm -hmm. I played for the big, for my studio, we had like a, uh, like at the end of the, I think it was the end of sophomore year, I think. It was like everybody, there was, it was like the play projects and like we'd been working, whatever, it was months working on this play. And I was in a play called Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. Yeah. I played a character named Juanita. Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. You could have been in Giant, basically. Mm -hmm. Basically. You could have been Sal Minio, like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was cast really well. Um, And um, anyway that was based on like the fan club for James Dean who only made three movies. And so one, one afternoon we went over to Paige Howard's condo because she had a condo. Cause of course she did. Cause she's right. Paige she Howard. She was the daughter of Ron. Um, right. and we watched giant. Uh, huh. and I remember every, yeah. What a fun thing of a bunch. Of, it was all girls too in the cast. It was all yeah. girls. I'm always put yeah. with all girls. They never want to. They never want to give me a love interest, Anthony. It's real sad. Um, and we watched Giant, and I remember everybody being like, "Wow, what a movie!" And I was like, "This sucks. It is so long <laughs> and so fucking boring." And I and I'm like, "There's like good pe- good attractive people to look at. Thank God." The, for yeah. like Elizabeth Taylor and her looks, thank fucking God. The first thing I noticed, I mean, I don't know, it's obsessed about me, but the first thing I noticed was uh, James Dean in those jeans. Yeah, James Dean. Oh, and I get it. I get why they're. I get why this group of ragtag girls, led by Juanita, who owns yeah. the convenience store or whatever, in Come Back to the Five and the Nine, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean, would start a James Dean fan club. But my God. This movie could not have been one of their favorites. What is the other? You, the other? It's it's Rebel Without it's a Cause and East of Eden. Yeah. Okay, those other two. Wanna, fine. So I've so I've now watched all of the James Dean films within the last year because two of them came out in 1955. We talked about Rebel Without a Cause and East of Eden on that episode, and then Giant in '56. Um, and based on. I'd actually watched Giant before, uh, which I did not remember I had, uh, like five years ago. Um, 
until the scene where um, Rock Hudson's forcing uh, his son, who will grow up to be Dennis Hopper, to ride the horse. <laughs> um, I was like, why does this seem so familiar? Has I seen a movie where like someone like kind of like did something similar? And I was like, oh no, it's the movie Giant. <laughs> I've seen the movie Giant before. Um, so basically just based on James Dean playing older version. Of James Dean. Of James Dean. Drunk, drunk Dean. Was James Dean just Jared Leto? James <laughs> Dean is Jared. That is, by the way, oh my God, the most apt assessment <laughs> I've ever heard of James comparison. Dean. That's yeah. such a good comparison. What did I see He's a trailer like, for the other day? The new, whatever the fucking Marvel Morpheus, thing. That, yeah, 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 yeah. Morbius, Morbius. Morbius yeah. or whatever. Morbius. And I was like, why do they keep having him and stuff? Well, he's in the He's Gucci basically thing. just like James Dean did in 18 months... What it took us 30 years to, to realize get from Jared Jordan Leto. Auto, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's the same progression. It's the same like, thing. like, oh, hot, moody teenager to yeah. man in ridiculous makeup mumbling his lines. Yeah. I talked about some, I know Megan's a big Rebel Without a Cause fan, but we talked really about like some, of the, some of the, some of the, people talking about how James Dean was on set and how he'd have to be like in like the fetal position until they called action and stuff like that. Um, And my biggest takeaway from house of Gucci was probably Jared Leto must have been such a nightmare to work with. And let me tell you, I think he was the best part of house of Gucci, like understood the assignment fully, but also insane. Like, and, and, and um, just, what we were robbed of, I guess, when I went because James Dean died so young, mm-hmm. we I feel like he would have been like a Marlon Brand, like a Marlon Brando. Oh, a hundred percent. It was all like Brando versus Brando or James Dean. Yeah. Like that was James Dean was like, you know, in the same mold. They were both like mm-hmm. these super methody actors. It would have been the exact same thing. We, we would have seen like we would have been subjected Dean to so many crater the same way where it would have been like, oh, we got these like three amazing performances mm-hmm. and then he winds up in a Michael Jackson movie. Yeah. Right. Two <laughs> years later, yeah. we get a good performance and then one more and then never again. He's 700 pounds but, now. Yeah. And right. yeah, but yeah, yeah. Just like Marlon Brando, you know, 70, 65 years later, people still worship James Dean and think he was like, would have been the, one of the greatest actors of all time if he hadn't been tragically killed in a car accident. And I'm not sure that's true. I don't think that's true. I'm going to go on a limb and say, I, apologies to the ghost of James Dean, who might be haunting me at this very moment because I just mm. learned that my building was built in 1928. Oh, That's oh. why it's cold all the time. Um, but um, It could yeah. be the ghosts. Could be the ghosts. Could be the ghosts. You, be do, get cold cold. The you do get cold. Yeah. Um, but, it's a similar uh, thing with uh, John Lennon. Like, you can't tell me John Lennon's not making some sort of electro synthy late 80s. 100%. If he's still alive, dance thing. Yeah. 100%. On. Also, watching Get Back. Guys, sidebar, but have we all watched Get Back? Yeah. Oh well, I watched the f- only the first episode. Oh, God. Anthony and I, yet again, we are simpatico. It, what I learned from Get Back is like, Paul was a nightmare to work. Like, must have been a fucking nightmare to work with. Yeah, but like, he wanted to make good stuff. But he wanted to make good stuff. And John Lennon was just like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I basically just want to go fuck Yoko. Yeah. But that's my, I don't know how I got on I think. This, I think he was checked out at that time. Yeah, he was checked out. He was and checked out. I think out. they all were checked out. Yeah. But I think Paul still wanted to put Paul something out Paul wanted to put something good. good. And by the way, 
with very, you know, minimal effort from the other three, managed to fucking put out Let It Be. So give me a break. Um, but I don't know where I'm going with this. Back to Giant. Back, back to, to Giant. Going. Sorry, let's go back to Giant. John I, Lennon. I, I, get, I, get, I get everything you're saying, and I don't disagree. That being said, given the slate this year, even at three hours and 40 minutes, I feel like I was interested for like an hour and 15 minutes of this movie, which honestly was like in comparison, maybe enough. I, I think you were because of the star power. I'll <laughs> well, say that. I feel similarly, but I also feel that way because I actually think this is the only movie that has elements of what movies are going to become in the 60s. And I don't know if that's just me watching Dennis Hopper either right. be glassy eyed because he's on something or because I like, I don't know. But I, it's, it's up there for me just because in this three hour something movie, I think there is a, it's a good mini series episode. I mean, there. you're not wrong in that it would have been like at, like if it came out now, yeah, it would still be long and interminable. And we would be like, just make this into, uh, just have HBO make it into a mini series right. and it would be so well, that's much what it more. would be now. It would be a six hour mini series. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It and had cool lines too. Some like rock Hudson was like, you're not worth the punch or whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> also, it's also someone, someone from Texas. Like I understood like when like they get back to the farm when he's basically like, you're a Texan now, you can't care about anyone if they're not rich and white. Like that's. Yeah. yeah. That's very much in an upbringing, um, so I understood that. Who directed this one? Was it the Was it George? Was this the George Stevens one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he won. And he won best director. Oh, he best. did. Well, it looks yeah. lovely. It does. Look, and, it, and it's. I will say it's very evocative of Texas. Like, not that I've ever been to Texas, but it looks like what I imagined Texas to look like. It had every moment you wanted in a in like a in a movie. I mean, it had made too many moments, but too it had many. every every moment. You like it had it had had some comedy where the plane goes by after they're all over. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah, Waiters yeah. holding the tray. And yeah, crap. You know. Well, I thought I thought it was very transgressive for 1956 to go from them shutting that bedroom door to them singing "Round Yon Virgin" downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, that was weird. That, I honestly can't believe that got past the uh, whatever the MPAA was, was back yeah. in the day. Well, the, there was like filmmaking going on. Yeah, yeah. Some, I mean, sometimes I I don't disagree. I just was like, it's just was the again the length of it murders it to me. It's like it pounds all of the joy out of me because I literally am like, okay, this has been enjoyable. Let me pause and see how much time we have left, and it's. <laughs> An hour and a half in. Yeah. I'm halfway through. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I know. I know. We, and have, again, we, have the, we have the luxury of being able to pause it. Yes, we do. And again, and I, can't, I can't imagine going to the theater and saying this, seeing this. And again, I also would say, like, for me, it's such hubris for these filmmakers to be like, my vision is so, I, I, it's so important. I cannot, I cannot cut a single... I can't cut a single, I can't cut cut another single frame. It's just such a, it's, it just like George Stevens must be a fuck, like talk about Jared Leto must be a nightmare to work with or James Dean. Like (laughs) that guy must be a fucking asshole. I feel very bad for whatever poor woman he tricked or women that he (laughs) tricked into marrying him. I'm sure because those ladies had a rough ride. That's my hot take. Um, it did make me realize a couple of things. First, first and foremost, being that of course I want the Star Spangled Banner to be sung as I'm lowered into the ground. <laughs> yeah, I'll make sure that happens. Yeah. Um, 
how old, how much time is supposed to have gone by in this movie? Like how old is Buck or um, not Bick, Bick Benedict? 30 when years? When he's fighting in the diner at the end of the movie, mm. when he's fighting the owner racist. of the diner owner, uh, right. because he's learned about his racist ways, sort of. I mean, still throwing right. slurs around yeah. about his own grandchild. At the but, end of, like, the last thing of the movie is almost <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is he supposed to be, like, 65? No, he's got to be... Is he supposed to be 50? I think he's, like... I think he, is he in my mind, he's like, 80? in my mind, he's like, <laughs> see, this is a problem is a, I live in LA. So my perception of how old people are is like very warped. And then B it's 2021. So yeah. people look a lot. Manufactured. <laughs> right. Not even Julie, we drive. This right. is like 60, yeah, right. Or true, whatever. True, true, true. Right. I'm like, that's wild. You know, that's, I don't know. Fifty something? No, he had to be sixty. I mean, he really? Because wasn't that how old I think he was? When he... I think it's. I think it's supposed to span. I bet it was supposed to be like forty years. I bet we're supposed to think that Jeez. like she got like, married when they were twenty. She's like eighteen, nineteen, and he's like in his like early to mid twenties. And then by the end, like she's like sixty, and he's like sixty-five or okay. something like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It, it, I also think I you know. know both Rock Hudson and James Dean got nominated for Best Actor for this. And I think Elizabeth Taylor of the three leads roles is by far the best performance easily, in the movie. Easily, 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 yeah. I agree. I like, She's great. I love Elizabeth Taylor. She was great in this. And I never really, I don't know if I've never, like, ever really taken notice of her. What? <sighs> I mean, it's just, an, it's just and, a failing. <laughs> have you know, seen, sure. But have you seen Liz and Dick starring Lindsay Lohan? That's a big question. <laughs> because that'll answer a lot I of stuff not. for you. <laughs> because I, I don't know if you I don't know if you know this, Anthony, but mm. she kept those letters for the rest of her life. <laughs> <laughs> They've always brought her luck. Yeah. That's a white diamonds reference. That's a white diamonds reference, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. She's um, cool. She's cool as hell. She's cool as shit. And I mean, again, she should have left. She, sh- I mean, she, she should have left, left him, yes. him as soon as she got to Texas, basically. Yes, basically, like, but he's that's... like a bad. He's a bad person, and honestly, like being like at the end, like little muchacho. That's like as far as you've gotten. <laughs> not far enough. Not far enough. Yeah, not great. Not a great arc. No, yeah. but again, when I'm really grateful to Elizabeth Taylor because when the movie was boring, which was a lot of it, at yeah. least she gave us stuff to look at. Yeah, just she's also, so beautiful. She's yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. The naming of your daughter after your terrible sister. <laughs> it was a different time. It was, it was a different time. I just kind of let her. She dies on off the she falls off the horse, and then let's just let it happen like that. Let's just leave it like that. People are always dying falling off of horses. Was that a like a, it was a big danger? That was a big then. danger. <laughs> Yes. It, okay. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's all I got to say. My wife just fell off a horse. She got a concussion. But didn't die. She didn't. But people also didn't wear helmets when they were on like a ranch. I guess that's, that's true. true. You know? So. And she was riding wear, pretty wild. Wear, wear a helmet. Yeah. That's That would be my, my suggestion for Dick's sister. <laughs> wear a I had helmet. To go back and take precautions. Again, like, yeah. Lust? Don't ride. Don't ride Lose? this Mustang Lust? that you can't like you can't handle. That Liz Taylor's the only one who can really ride. Ugh, that is also super hot on Liz Taylor. Yeah. I think I kind of want to fuck Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, fine. 
I mean, you know, not possible. You missed your no. chance. Missed it. You missed your chance. Anyway. Um, we should move on to the king and I, but I actually do need to take a quick pause. Oh, okay. Let's pause. Feed the zoo. I'll be right back. Okay, bye. Go for it. And we're back. Um, our ad read should go in there. Uh, it's probably for something like your neighbor's peppermint bark that they <laughs> dropped off. Or dog epilepsy medication that I just had to give to phenobarbital, the official veterinary drug of the Oscar should have gone to podcast. <laughs> Thank you for sponsoring Go to, to phenobarbital.com and enter code Oscar should uh, to receive 10% off your first monthly order. Good job. Good Thanks. job. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm you're, also sitting right next to you. Yeah, you're sitting right next to him. <laughs> that's so true. I would hope that, that's yeah. true. That's true. That's true. Um, well, you know, we've spent a lot of time in America on the <laughs> open plains. Let's go. Let's go to East Asia, to Siam, now known as Thailand, and talk about the king and I. Hot take. I don't like the king and I. It's not a great, it's not, it's not one of Rodgers and Hammerstein's best. It's really not. Not a lot of songs. Am I crazy? Not a lot of songs. Not a lot of songs. And the ones that there are, not the best. Not. And honestly, like, even the ones that I like, I feel like are, like, don't, like, I could just listen to the song. I don't need to know, like, the narrative behind them. No, agreed. Like, getting to know you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I don't even really, that song... I don't even really associate that with the musical, no. really, in a, in a weird way. Like, I mean, the the book is so strong because they have such good like transitions into songs. It's so natural when they say things like, <laughs> "Oh, that's why you whistle." Oh, yes, <laughs> that's why I whistle. I whistle a happy tune and everything. Which, by the way, Ma, I can't whistle. I'm I'm screwed. You can't. You can't. I can't whistle. Anthony, I can't whistle. Anthony, try right now. No, Anthony, try right now. Anthony, (laughs) yes, anyone can whistle. I've never learned how. Literally, everyone can whistle. I can't whistle. Everyone, anyone, just put put your lips lips together together and blow. And blow. I feel like this should be the song before that. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been better. It would be a better. No, I can't. Because you're you're doing it with your teeth too much. Listen, this is. It's too much. I'm all teeth. This is this is something that's Megan. This, help me. This is, I, is something that Megan learned in college. So. Yeah. <laughs> and the boys came a running. I've spent I've spent. It was like chariots of fire in New York. <laughs> do you know my grandmother could do the thing where she put the her two oh, fingers like fingers the taxi in her mouth. whistle. Yeah, and be like, that's authoritative. Yeah, 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 it was pretty cool. Mm. It was pretty cool. No, I've done I've done it thirty years the wrong way, so this is how I do it now. Air, air, air. Yeah, yeah, and just like because this is what you're doing because this is no, I, I understand. If I may, if I may, this right. is what you're doing. That's not what I'm. <laughs> yeah, you're like you're a, you're you're basically like auditioning for like a librarian <laughs> right. in like a Snickers commercial or something, right? Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Hey, you need if, to be a little bit more. If that job is out there, please. You need to like warm up that. Jaw a little bit more. Yeah. You know, I've been told that there's that I keep my tension in my jaw. So there you go. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's, that's why secret. you can't whistle. That's why I can't whistle. One day I'll unlock the inner 
<laughs> true being of myself. I keep my tension in my uterus. Right. It lives there. Luckily, she doesn't keep anything else in there. So <laughs> it's, uh... Hey-o! Um, uh, yeah, this movie is, like, not good, I think. It doesn't look great because it's all, it's such a sound, it's just that one, like, sound stage, basically. Also, it's, like, well, awkward, obviously, because of the, um, just, like, watching it now. Casting. Like, Yul Brynner mm-hmm. told yeah. people he was, like, half Japanese. That is not true. He was, like, half Russian and a half, like, Dutch or something. Like, um. That's going to be and a obviously, like, theme later on. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> The guy that plays, um, like, basically, like, the prime minister of Siam, I can't remember what his title is, is, like, could not be whiter and could not be just in, like, more, like, right. brown yeah. makeup. Yeah. Um, I don't think Rita Marina's from Burma either. No, I don't believe so. <laughs> I actually, I was thinking about that because it's been such a thing, obviously, like, and, you know, obviously it's so important that this new version of West Side Story is, like, actual, like, Latino cast members outside of Rita Moreno, who basically was the only main character in the original that was actually Latino. Um, but then I was like, when I was watching this, cause I didn't remember that she was in this and I was like, but I mean, she was playing like a Burmese woman in 1956. So right. like we all, we all had our faults in that area of time. So. Yul Brenner, Yul Brenner hates Moses. That's what we that, yeah, Yul Brenner hates Moses in 1956. Yeah, That's his name. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a pretty big flex, honestly, for him to call out Moses in another movie also. Like, he knew, yeah. like, there was going to be, like, a best actor. Like, he was going to be going up against Charlton Heston. He was like, you know what? I'm not only going to spar with you in the film we're in together. I'm going to call you out, bitch. <laughs> In the king, I don't understand about Moses. Moses, yeah, Moses sucks. Sorry, go ahead and say what you're gonna say. You've been trying to say, uh, two. Well, I was gonna say, say what you're gonna say, though, Jesus, but just say it. Um, Rita Marino, Mm -hmm. I was doing a a search on her to see, Mm -hmm. like, just previously, like on the internet, or like, yeah, 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 yeah. or okay, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I need to know where she is, (laughs) I need to know if she's thinking about me. (laughs) She's in Singing in the Rain. I couldn't tell you who she played. As who? Exactly. Is she just one of the chorus girls? I don't know, but I was on IMDb and I... And I, she, I saw that too. She has a name, but it, I, it must not have been a big... Right. I don't think it was a big role. Because when I think of that movie, I only think of four people. Oh, yeah. There's no... <laughs> yeah. But I only think of Donald O'Connor. That's, that's true, it. That's true. Um, and I only think of Lena Lamont. <laughs> you don't want to be the Lena Lamont in your life. Too late. That was that was um, Megan's like uh, the like vocal hero. Mm -hmm. Right, that's what she. (laughs) Right, when she would take elocution lessons, she was like, "How can I sound more like Lena?" Right, the Millie Vanilli of. They told they told you you know they said when we were in college, one thing that we did was um, you'd take like a wine cork and you'd stick it between your teeth, and you'd go, "Who hook." Ho, ha, 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 her, ha, ha, hey, he, he. That's funny. That's how I learned to whistle. (laughs) (laughs) All I'm saying is I'm really glad that I went through all that training because it really paid off. Yeah, it all worked out in the long run. Mm -hmm. Um, I do like in the beginning of this movie when they're on the boat and the son is scared. And she's basically like, father wouldn't want you to be scared because he was a toxic man. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, 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 the speaking, let's focus on the sun because I think it, most of the movie goes by and. Louis? Yeah. Is that his name? That's his name. He, he disappears. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause she's trying to get, get in. Like she's trying to, <laughs> she's trying to get it in. You know what I mean? I understand. She's like, I want to be with this man. He has 17 wives. He never wears a shirt, nor do any men here. But I would love to live here because none of us are allowed to show forearm until we come back from intermission and all the women are just like face down, ass up with no underwear. Oh, yeah. all Because <laughs> it's funny. It's a funny joke. Face the other way. <laughs> and they have the like, they have the, like the British like guys being like, ooh, ooh, ooh. we absolutely love Siam. Thank yeah. you for bringing us here, your majesty. I would like to see a crossover. We haven't talked about Around the World in 80 Days yet, but I'd like to see a crossover between, like, what happens when... The, when they land in Siam. When they land in Siam and they go to visit. And Anna's, like, teaching, like, the Uncle Tom ballet. Yeah. Oh, which, by yeah. the way, it's like, the Uncle Tom ballet is, like, a quarter of the movie. So much of it. So I had to... Fa- I, I'm going to be real with you. I fast-forwarded a little bit. Couldn't take it. I I found it hard to get through. <laughs> I, I I was, for a lot of these movies, trying to give myself, because you know it is 2021, trying to give myself. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, just some <laughs> Still, pause to be like. It's almost 2022. It's true. Oh, thank God. Just give myself some pause to be like, okay, it's a different time, you know? <laughs> and, and I'm like, okay, King and I, the set's pretty. I could see that. It's a pretty, like... The colors, the colors. I think the colors are sometimes. I think it's kind of muted, and I think think it's not. I don't think. Did you know this was the first year that all five Best Picture nominees were in color? Really, I did not know that. That's interesting. (laughs) Giants getting by, skating by. It was just like brown. (laughs) But 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 King and I, it just felt like I guess there's just no there was no dynamism. When it stood out for me was when. Rita Marino and the guy were trying to run away. And I think the outdoor stuff is pretty. Which right. also, like, it's been... I've never seen the show on stage, I don't think. Um, so I don't know if this was cut or if it's just how it is in stage musical. I like it when they're just like, Tuptum's, uh, yeah, your lover's dead. And then she just, she's just like, what? And then she doesn't come back. No, you <laughs> no. never see her again. It's like our B story. Yeah, he's dead now, so bye. <laughs> It's um. I don't understand why Anna he drowned. Be it with wasn't the king. even he drowned. Yeah, he drowned. Like the they, yeah. they they shot him and he drowned in the river. Right? That's yeah. what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't, don't understand why Anna would want to be with the king. The king dies because he gets embarrassed. Like he dies of embarrassment. Basically, <laughs> yeah, he gets sick because he's embarrassed. Apparently, heart. they wanted to change it for the movie that he would get gored by a white elephant, since they mentioned those at the beginning and then never bring it up again. Um. <laughs> But Yul Brenner was like, absolutely not. You have to keep it the same as it was. He played it on stage as well. Um, you have to keep it that, no, he just gets embarrassed because he gets told something by a woman and then I he dies. Is it Deborah Carr or Deborah Kerr? We've been over this a million times. Deborah Kerr, K-E-R-R. It's Kerr, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. That's it. That's all. That's all. That's all I have. That's all. I really, um, again, this is another one of those movies. How, what have we talked about so far? Filthy persuasion. Wait, that's not it. <laughs> Faulty. Friend, friendly, friendly persuasion. To the Quakers, it might be. Filthy persuasion couldn't be shown in the same <laughs> amount of movie theaters. But Okay, so um, friendly persuasion and giant and King and I. King and I. Okay. 
Yeah. All three of these movies, I cannot believe we've spent the amount of time talking about them that we have. There's really, they're not good and they're boring and the, no, the, oh God, I don't know what you would call it. Like the, the, the motif in it, the, the main theme. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the da 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 when like his kids are coming oh, out yeah. and they're mm-hmm. like yeah and it comes back over the and song, over again yeah. the, the intermission and all that it sounds and I thought I'd heard it before and do you remember God it's probably ten something years ago now the YouTube well, <laughs> viral I was like barely born then so right like, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't remember it well maybe you heard it in the back of your mind somewhere yeah maybe um, that 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 it's like it's like a Russian TV show and this guy comes out and the trollolo guy who does the trollolo no Megan and I are more like shoes let's get some shoes like we're more like a couple years after shoes yeah I remember shoes shoes and muffins those are big things yeah well there was a guy and I think he's singing the King and I theme song the King and I theme song it's a thing. I can't believe, I just want to reiterate, because you just yeah. took us on a little journey. And like, Sorry. And yeah. thank you so much for that, by the way. Sorry. It was really interesting. <laughs> no, it was nice. It was nice. Thank it you. was really we're nice. We're glad we went on it. Mm-hmm. I can't believe. A nice little day trip. I can't believe we we're still talking about this movie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's move on then. It's like, let's all fit under Let's Anna's talk about skirts. that. Let's, let's talk about that babe that got sent down the river just to become an Egyptian <laughs> and then realize all along that he was a Hebrew. It's the Ten Commandments. Anne Baxter is a queen. That's my, that is my first take. My favorite moment of this movie has to be her. Of course. In, well, in the hallway, rubbing her upper thigh, going, I didn't think you'd notice me. Yes! <laughs> like, I te- so I texted Megan when I was watching this, because she had already texted me about Anne Baxter, so I know she had watched it. Everyone in this movie is so horny for Moses. Everybody mm. wants to fuck Moses. Like yeah. I've never seen. Mm, I know. Like temptation. It, it is. It is. It is truly wild. When he comes in and she's like on the parade and she's like Moses. And then when he goes, when he's banished after the thing, he, he sees all the. Then he stays with the 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 man in the tent with all of his daughters, and every single one of them is like. Oh my god! I hope he chooses to fuck me. Like it is wild to me how horny they are, and I got to tell you, I was here for it. I loved this. Movie. Well, I will, I, I want to start at the very beginning, which is a very good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, do you we think that every movie needs like a eight minute preamble from the director, like explaining <laughs> what the movie is, no. like before it actually starts? Um, because my favorite part is when Cecil B. DeMille was like, the story takes three hours and 39 minutes. Cause I'm picturing myself like in, in the room the with him right. and like standing up and him being like, what? Well, Craig, hold on. Where are you? Where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's okay. Okay. Let's just, okay. So, okay. The way let me, let me put aside yeah. that I love this movie and I really enjoy it. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking of me on a date in 1956. Okay. Yeah. Somebody came and I'm a Bobby Soxer. I don't know what that really is, but in my mind, right. I'm a Bobby Soxer. You're like a, you're a Soch. I'm a Soch, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I have a, a, like a, I'm wearing some undergarments that are complicated. And some boy comes and picks me up and is like. Unlike gonna, the queens of Siam. Unlike the <laughs> We're just <laughs> flowing, flowing free. And um, they're like, we're going to go down to the to the local uh, Cinerama mm-hmm. and we're going to mm-hmm. see the Ten Commandments. And I'm like a good 
Christian girl, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I sure. And, yeah, you would be. Mm-hmm, sure. And I'm like, great. I'm intimately familiar with this story. Um, totally all about it in Bible school. Absolutely. And then we sit there and... The guy comes out and I'm, but, but I'm like, I go to Bible school, but I'm like also horny cause I'm still me. Um, right. and so then the guy comes out, Cecil B. DeMille comes out and he's like, this is going to take three hours and 40 minutes or whatever. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I'm on a date. My curfew is. Yeah. What time is my curfew? Like 10, 10, 30, 10, 9, 30, maybe, maybe. How like, strict is your dad? But you're seeing, I, you're I seeing religious do, stuff. I gotta, yeah, I'm seeing maybe religious stuff, but I got to do t- that, maybe and be- I got to also give probably like a hand job in the car before... At Lover's Lane. Yeah, before I get back. I'm like, I think we need to leave. Like, this isn't going to... Mm-hmm. You know, or we need to leave at intermission. We're going to have to like go to intermission. I would like to know how many people leave at intermission. Because let me say one other thing. I think that's when I would leave. Because the first yeah. half of this movie much more interesting than the second You're half of this movie. You're gonna miss some, and you know why that is special effects. I know the special effects. I'm gonna miss, which is upsetting. But Anne Baxter's not in the second half a lot. The first half is so much more interesting because they're just making it up. Like he even You're says, right. like in his intro, like we don't really know what happened from the time like he was found among the reeds until he was like 30. Right. So we're just gonna make that up based on scholars. Like all the Egyptian Which, stuff is like all of yeah. him being super high ranking Egyptian is right. Is we don't up. even we don't know that. Okay, so that's fascinating. I do want to talk about uh, just for like the Cecil B. DeMille bit. He gripped that microphone in such a way, yeah, yeah. that was it was like he was strangling me. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think? Do you did it, was he uncomfortable? I mean, it must have been his idea. To keep to the length of the thing, no, or just to, to go introdu- out there? to come out and introduce it. Which, oh, by yeah. the way, added more time. I'm wondering if he felt like he had to do it because they were making up the stuff about Moses. Also, maybe because he wanted to reiterate that, you know, this was an Old Testament story. Like, you couldn't, I feel like in 1956, like, you couldn't have, like, a sexy Jesus movie. Like, people couldn't be horny for Jesus. No way. But, like, because it's Moses, it's fine. And I actually just saw, I talked to Megan off air about, I saw the new Paul Verhoeven movie. Oh, I wanted to see it and I, I missed it like every single time I was supposed to see it. And I have to wait for it to come to, come to streaming. Cause it's out of theaters in Philadelphia now. Benedetta. Benedetta. Some solid sexy Jesus in there. Yeah. Lesbian, Um, lesbian nun. Lesbian nun, slightly based on a real story. Yeah. I love that. Um, you might have a good point though, Megan, with the handjobs. Yes, exactly. This Mm -hmm. might be the movie for, Religious youth mm-hmm. to go out to the theater, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's okay with their folks, hundred percent, and they don't know what's what's really happening. They don't know what's well, going listen, on. It, the listen, back of the, we're going to have to get our hand jobs done in the back of the mm-hmm. theater. Yeah, Yul Brenner went on a weightlifting regime for this movie, knowing that he was going to be shirtless as you know Pharaoh's son, because he knew Charleston Heston, Charleston Heston was cut. So that is actually why he's cutting the King and I. Because he filmed it like huh. either right before or right after, but mm-hmm. like he was like more built than he was on stage because he had wanted to be like compete with Charlton Heston. You know what? He's like even more cut than Charlton Heston. Oh, like he did it. He understood the assignment. Definitely, he, he looks like a modern fit guy. Yeah, like he does. he's not. He yeah. doesn't look like a 1950s no. fit guy. No, no. Charlton Heston looks 1950s yeah. fit. Let me just say right there. Moses had some eye pants. My, yeah. He yeah. like, he like, he's, got he's in dad, like, like a good dad. Yeah. Yul Brenner like kind of went from being like 
sort of a known actor to being like a huge movie star because he was in these two movies, Anastasia, which I did not watch, but um, Ingrid Bergman wins Best Actress for that movie. He has a major role in that. And he becomes like this huge like movie star Hmm. like in 1956. He does seem like he was kind of a piece of shit, like basically uh, in the same Oscar book I was talking about earlier, like one of the interviews, he basically like talks shit about James Dean and Marlon Brando without saying their names. He was like, well, yeah, people like it because I'm very manly and that's what you need out of an actor, not like these like ripped t-shirt guys like <laughs> actually doing performances. Yeah. I don't they want, just want partial they just shirts. Want, they just want bald men without their shirts on. <laughs> You're right. I don't want partial shirts. I just want no, no shirts. shirts. Just- A real man wears no shirt. <laughs> okay. I need to, why are we not talking about Ann Baxter? Because we need to talk about Ann Baxter fully. Nefertiri. She's, so easily the best part of this movie. I don't know. Well, my know. favorite scene is definitely when she, when her longtime servant comes to her mm-hmm. and tells her the truth about <laughs> Moses. And she goes, and so, I don't, she basically goes, he's like, she goes, she's like, bro, he's Jewish. You better, you better not talk about it. And then the servant's like, well, and she's like, okay, I just pushed you off the balcony. Yeah. Legit. Legit. It's true. Her, the servant is legit. Like, well, like, listen, straight straight talk like he's jewish and she's like i don't give a fuck like which by the way very progressive of ann baxter yeah. and yeah. then she's like i'm gonna tell your fucking dad or whoever that he's jewish and then she's like no you ain't and right it's like a cutaway she's yeah. a badass i adore her and she's stunning and the looks are killer that's all i'm gonna say i think in the second half of the movie she takes a turn though a turn a, into she, what? Temptress. Yes. She's, you think she's not a temptress in the first half of the movie? No, she is. She's a temptress she's, the whole way. I, I know, but not, not, not in like she a... She makes out with Yul Brenner and is like, I didn't make out with you to show you that I'm into you. I made out with you to show you what you ain't never gonna get. That's which, yeah, oh my God. Okay. Legend. You're right. You're right. Legend. Yeah, okay. Icons only. Ann Baxter. Forever. I mean, amazing. Do you, do you know though what the, what I think the rudest part of the movie is, is when... When the woman who's Moses's actual mother is like stuck in the stone and she's about to get crushed. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, it's just an old lady. I want her to be like, I'm like 40. <laughs> I'm like, I'm already about to get crushed in this stone that you guys are like moving to build Pharaoh a pyramid. Like, you have to also call me old. like that's rude. You it's just need rude. to add insult to injury. Yeah. yeah. And then the girl is really. Very pretty. Yeah. The, the si- is that the sister? That's his sister, right? The pretty one? That. Yeah, I think. Yeah, sure. Sure. What are you talking about? The he girl, has a sister. The, the Vincent Price wants to. Oh, oh no, that's not his sister. That's, <laughs> now that's the. That's the like girlfriend of the guy that saves and then goes like to yes. beg Moses for. Right, 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 right. For help. Vincent Price, by the way, very tall. I didn't realize that. He Extremely. was like six foot four. Extremely, and and yeah. that voice just cuts through everything. Love it, love it. What? I just like that he's tall. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I like a tall man. I we haven't even mentioned my favorite person who might have been a. There's a, no way that you like someone more than Ann Baxter, but go ahead. I'm talking Lily Munster. Lily Munster is in yeah. this movie. Yeah, Yvonne DiCarlo. She uh, marries Moses. Yeah. yeah, she marries Moses. Way. By the way, trade down. Sorry. I don't. 
<laughs> I, I, well, we just have different types. I guess so, in that I like hot, dynamic ladies, and you like sheep herders. In power. She, yeah. She, it's, she's a voluptuous sheep herder. She was like, she's like, no, that's a no. That's a no for me, dog. She's okay. like, she's like, oh, first of all, she's all religious. It's just like, oh, guys, come on. Well, I mean, the only great <laughs> thing about, I mean, not to like, you know, Here's continue. The thing, this, it's like, oh, God, that's not, a real... Not, that's a yeah. real, that's a red flag when they're that Not religious. to continue Stan, to Stan Anne, but she's also the only one in this movie that like gives like even slightly modern like line readings. Like I feel like yeah. all the line readings are very stilted except for Ann Baxter's 100%. like, Ann Baxter's like, I'm still on the All About Eve set. I'm going to like, yeah. this is. There's a lot of looking to camera from everybody else. Yeah. There, yeah. Yes. And she's like, she's. She's just playing it fun. And she also has like a legit reaction when her son dies. Yep. And uh and, and it like she plays like I feel like you know, she she played that well and 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 gave like a real like she could have just been flipping about it mm-hmm. or whatever and she yeah. gave a real emotional response to that. Yeah. Um, um those, I do want to I was gonna say those special effects in the second half though were the plague killing and the, Hell, the, the, the... I mean, turning the Nile to blood is honestly sort of gross. It's, it's a little disgusting. gross, Moses. <laughs> it's like, like, a little it's, too far. It's way yeah. too far. Way too far, yeah. Um, although did they skip I, in, some, too? I feel like they skipped a lot of the plagues. They didn't show all the plagues. Where were the locusts? I don't that's know. My, we're already at, like. we're already at three hours and 39 minutes. Yeah. How many plagues do we need? <laughs> the My favorite, and I actually had to watch it again, was these... And I think there is a cut. There has to be to cheat it. But the snake into a staff was pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. I thought it was pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some there's some green screen that looks really bad now. Like when he's in, there's a couple like desert scenes that are he's like clearly like maybe it was like a reshoot and they couldn't fly back out to Morocco or wherever they were shooting it. So they're like, we just got to do this on the bat lot, uh, the back lot. Um, I think the Red like Sea the looks mo- good. I think when they part and he went and the when he parts the Red Sea and then it, and it collapses in on each other, like I've seen like video of how they did that with like in a that was, job. And I mean, speaking of how horny this movie is, you know, that wasn't the only thing Moses had been partying That's throughout the film. So, hey, oh, hey, um, I want to give Ramsey's a little, you know, bad guy, obviously, but I will say if my father's last words were about a guy that was not even really my cousin, Mm-mm. you know, Mm-mm. I'd be annoyed. I'd be annoyed. I get it. And, yeah. yeah. And he wanted to like, you know, and he did ultimately like fuck up, you know? Yeah. First of all, we got all these fantastic, cool gods, like yeah. specific, like amazing ones. Got a bird head. Yeah, you know? yeah. All these, mm-hmm. like, why wouldn't you want to believe in myriad gods, which seems way more fun than the one god who's kind of honestly a jerk? A little bit, but I think yeah. This, kind which, of a like dick. going back to like the Ann Baxter, like that is a great scene, but it's like, yes, Pharaoh is bad, obviously. Like Yul Brynner's a bad guy, but should we really be rooting for God to kill his son? Like, yeah, I don't, I'm not rooting for that. Not cool. To be honest with you, not cool. God. No. Yeah. No. Who would you have stunt casted as the burning bush? If you were like the casting director on this. <laughs> I, and that's funny. You said I screen capped it and I, <laughs> I put it on Instagram and I said something like it was a prototype for the eye of Sauron. <laughs> that's cause that's kind of what yeah, it looked that's like. Kind of what it did look like. <laughs> yeah. 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 
So the voice just came out and the bush was just burning but didn't burn. Guys, the Bible's wild. <laughs> that is wild. Somebody ought to write that shit down. I mean, yeah. say what you will about it. They had some imagination. Yeah, they did. They, yeah. There was- I mean, and you know, like, Probably the most important thing about this movie, which doesn't get mentioned a lot, is it's clearly a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> yes. it's the music, too. The so, music, too. Yeah. I liked it. You know, I had, we, I had, I this had, movie ends, and we go directly into, you know, Indiana. Nazis. I was... I fucked up a different batch of cookies during this movie, and... Um, <laughs> It was equally as fun. But I wanted yeah. to pay attention more. I rewound a few times because I was like... It's, 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 there, are moment, there are fun moments to yeah, watch, for there sure. there are fun moments. Yeah. And I was begging for that Bax. Love. Um, I stan. I stan. Give me the Baxter. Give me the Baxter. Give me the Baxter. She's great. Well, that's the Ten Commandments, so let's get on to the winner for Best Picture around the world in 80 days. Okay, and I will say this. And I said this, I've said this to both of you individually, and this yeah. is all, I'm, I'm going to leave it at this. I mean, I'm not going to leave it at this, but I'm going to say this. I think this is the worst Best Picture winner that we've watched. I don't know how many years we've done, Craig. 50, right? It's 50 something. A bunch. I think this is the worst. I, I was trying to think like Chariots of Fire also was really bad. I'm not saying like, I'm just saying of the winners. Of we've the done like we've won. done like we've done sixty plus years if you include our Oscar like our Oscar year of episodes. Yeah. So I think this is my I think this is the worst or least deserving of the best picture. I feel like this probably won best picture because literally everyone in the academy appears in it for yeah. at least two minutes. Yeah. So they probably felt like they had to vote for it. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one that doesn't appear in it is Elizabeth Taylor, whose husband at the time was the producer of the film. Oh, so even she probably felt like she had to vote for it because he was like 50 and she was like 25. So she probably felt pretty bullied into that situation. Ew, there are so many, I mean, there, I can see like there are so many different sets and different things like that of that to admire but yeah it does feel like a i mean the movie it's it's not a movie it's a it's a travelogue yeah. it's a travelogue cameos but not even great like but the the visuals aren't even great i mean we're going to talk about another movie in a minute where the the cinematography is so much better like a lot of it is just the guy watching from the train or the boat and being like oh that's crazy and it's just like kind of generic shots it's like it's a small countryside. world but a movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But there's nothing. It, it, they didn't. They didn't get any great shots of like the Taj Mahal or the Eiffel Tower or anything like yeah. that. It was just like, oh, this is very, very generic. I mean, this movie's legacy is honestly the cameo because this. I think it, the term actually got coined for this film because Mike Todd was able to go around and convince a lot of like. Yeah. A-list people to be right. like, hey, Frank Sinatra, will you play the Blue. piano in the saloon? Peter Laurie played yes. a Japanese and, man. Yeah. Marlena Dietrich, and, yeah. It's very, then, yes, like, very weird. But he got enough people to agree to it that then it sort of was this domino effect that everyone wanted to be in it for two minutes. Yeah. So, like, he was able to get, like, more and more people in it because once it became, like, this, like, badge to be like, oh, yeah, I shot for, you know, four hours on Around the World in 80 Days, like, everyone was like, oh, Sinatra, Marlena Dietrich, and Buster Keaton, and et cetera, et cetera, all were in this movie, like, then I need to be in it, too, like. I couldn't, 
I could not wrap my, this, I could not talk about there's no there there. I could not wrap my head around the idea of this whole movie is just a bet that can he, and again, part of it is also lost because this is 2021 and that's not a feat at all. But even in 1956, that wouldn't be the right a feat. I mean, but like what doesn't hang together is like, wouldn't it take like 80 days to become like proficient in flying a hot air balloon? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so yeah. for sure. Yeah. I just was so bored. I was so it's it, it literally just the obstacles in their path also are just so paper thin. So paper yeah. thin. Like they think yeah. he robbed the bank of England. So that the guys after him, I just was like, I don't care. I'm I am Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive. I don't care. I don't care. It's very There's much so many like Go what, ahead. what what um there were like the bones of what would make a Robert Altman movie good. Like yeah. you know, like sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But that's or about like, that's about as deep like, as it goes. Like what would Paul Thomas Anderson's Around the World in Eighty Days look like? Right. Yeah. It's not an it's not a bad idea. Like it's an interesting it's an interesting, like a travelogue as a movie is something that I would ostensibly be interested in as I mean, I watch so many fucking travel shows, but like, again, they don't really explore other cultures. So much of it is about being British and seeing the world yeah. through. And he's, he's relentlessly British. He's got to have this tea at the same time every day or whatever the whole fucking thing is. It's and also that's just like not as feels- charming as you think it is. <laughs> Sir. It feels like I, even if it was going to be a three hour movie, like I would much rather have like seven minute scenes in like 30 different places than have like 25 minutes in Spain. Yeah. And then 35 minutes in New Mexico where Native Americans are like villains. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like with a, uh, um, like was so, yeah. so tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, you know, uh, I'm on record as loving Shirley MacLaine, of course. Yeah, Who it's doesn't? not great seeing her as a as, as a an Indian, Indian princess. Woman? You don't love it. No, no you don't. Love you don't it. love to see it. I th- back to the king and I really. I thought they actually tackled. I mean, as well as they could have at the time, but um, you know, they weren't all about Western culture in yeah, that movie. Right? Yeah, like she actually says at a point, like you need to be your own. Yeah. You, yeah. You need to show what you are. Yeah. And be your own thing. Yeah. I mean, they did a better job. I mean, they, this is damning with faint praise, but yeah, definitely did a better job than, than Shirley MacLaine did. Representing <laughs> yeah, women. You know, you get down and, that list and there's only so many roles left for. There were like, there were like, there were like certain bits in this movie that literally I wrote down. So there's, it's probably like two thirds of the way through the movie. He's sitting outside on a, like on a ship and it's very windy and the guy has to come deliver him tea. And I was like, is this even a joke? What are we even doing here? Like, this isn't even like, this isn't even a good bit. Like, if it was like, if that was the part that you gave to like Buster Keaton and we're getting like some great physical comedy where he's like flying against the wind. But I get it. Like Buster Keaton as like the train conductor. I get it. The general. I understand. Right. Like, I get the reference. But it's like, what are we even doing here, guys? So do you, do you agree with me? The- do you agree with me? This is the worst of the best. I'd have winners. to go back. And, I mean, I, I looked at the list. This is a bad movie. 
Um, I would probably have to go back and look, but well, it's definitely it's definitely up there. But I told you when you texted me this that the three years from the 1950s that we have left, including this one, Around the World in 80 Days, Gigi, and uh, The Greatest Show on Earth, if you look at any ranking of Best Picture winners, which they do basically some outlet online will do every year um, when they, like, you know, they alternate. So like, we'll get one from Vulture net this year and then next year slate will do theirs mm-hmm. and et cetera. These are always in the bottom 10. Yeah. Like these three movies are always ranked towards the bottom. So that's, that's what we're looking at. That's what we have left. But yeah, this movie is bad. It's not good. Um, I did think if it's a movie of cameos, you know what the biggest miss cameo in this movie was? I don't know. Tell, tell, why don't you tell me? So at the end of the movie, they're having to like fuel this steamship. They're throwing everything in the fire to make it go faster. Mickey? So they can get him back. No, Rosebud. Oh, you have no. to have someone throw <laughs> fucking Rosebud on the fire. in the fire. Like, Mike Todd, what are you doing? You know, I went to the Academy <laughs> Museum the other day and I saw Rosebud. No, oh, you did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hung out with Rosebud. We went time. right before we left. That was one of our last things we did in Los Angeles, and we have a rosebud ornament oh, well, that's on our tree. I'll say the Academy Museum gift shop, not up to par. And by the way, I missed that because by the time we were done from the day, because I did the Oscar experience, and I was like, after oh. that, I was like, well, oh, were I just, you I a speech? Did you give a speech? Thing? Well, no. You, what's very funny about it is there's no audio, so they tell you no less than three times. There's no need to say anything. You don't need to say anything. There's no audio. Oh, seriously? Yeah. It's it, for those of you that don't know, at the Academy Museum in Los Angeles, you, it's like twenty you, something extra bucks. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it literally. We it's fifteen extra dollars, and Maddie and I were like, "We're doing it!" And then we were like, "Wow, <laughs> we have some." Hey, Tom Hanks, because I assume Tom Hanks is like in charge yeah. of it. I have some notes, and it's yeah. that you don't need to pay extra for that. It was very stupid. You walk in now. I'm just on your an Oscar. On your personal Instagram, you took a photo at the Barbara Streisand Bridge. Obviously, which, iconic. Um, which my wife, Allie, also took a picture of. They are, apparently, that might get renamed because <gasps> Barbara does not like the bridge. What are you talking about? It's not the Academy that wants to rename it. Barbara does not want her name on it. What is she, that? Barbara? I yes. don't know if you saw on Instagram, she actually posted, like, it was a green screen photo. She did not come to the opening. Well, definitely. The, I mean, it, it looked very green screened oh yeah. my god i was and maddie was on easy walking across it because it's like one of those things where it's like you know whatever glass you can see yeah, down. you can see down yeah. and um he was like oh, i just get nervous like what if it fell and i'm like if it fell my obituary would read she died on, <laughs> on the barbara, on streisand, the barbara bridge. streisand bridge the collapse of the barbara streisand bridge <laughs> there's no other way i want to go out like well listen holy shit that, talk about you iconic. probably you probably need to check on friend of the podcast, Rachel Lewis. Yes. If she's ever feeling even the slightest bit down to make because sure she's not headed towards the Academy Museum. That's what exactly where she will have to go. She will. Yeah. yeah that's she is Barbara Streisand. Yeah. Um, so this movie around the world in 80 days ends. Honestly, it's the best joke in the movie. <laughs> Oh, yeah. When she comes in and they're like, it is the fall of the British Empire. Are you even being in here? And then the movie just ends. This three-hour travelogue ends on a, a sort of joke. And then it won Best Picture because everyone in Hollywood was in it. Wow. Jesus. 
So I think we're going to go and say not deserved. That not a deserved, a- but saying that, Anthony, we'll begin with you, as we always do. Okay. If you had to rank these movies from five to one, as they do now with Best Picture, how would you rank them? Okay, five five being bad, right? Yeah. Five, okay. Five being the worst. As opposed yes. to number one, which whoever, whatever you're going to get to is great, I'm sure. Yeah. I think all these movies are so mediocre. This is really going to be interesting because I think we all might have drastically different lists. Yeah, because they're all so close. Yeah. Friendly persuasion, obviously, I think. I think at the bottom. Just because there's not much in there that is... Yeah, it stands out or is worth it. I think of a goose. Yeah. I think of Anthony Perkins. I think of misbehaving Quaker people. Sure. Um, I don't even think about what the movie's trying to talk about, which is, you know, take up arms against people trying to steal your life. Okay. Um, around the World in 80 Days, four. Um, I think that... The King and I is three, but that's not, <laughs> no, no, like no merit on its own part, really. Sure. Um, for me, and, and I did, like, there's so much good in the old, or uh, the, um, the, the Ten Commandments. The Old Testament. Yeah, the Ten, there's yeah. so much good in the Old Testament. Such good stuff. The Ten Commandments um, is two, and I think I like Giant the most just because there are bits that make me think about the future of movies in this horrible year. <laughs> okay, mine is not too, too different. Right. My number five is Around the World in 80 Days. For yeah. shame, for shame. I hate this movie. Yeah. My number four is Friendly Persuasion. Mm-hmm. My number three is The King and I. Mm-hmm. My number two is Giant. And my number one is Ann Baxter. A.K.A. <laughs> the Ten Commandments. So I, I'm surprised. We are actually more aligned than I would have expected. Um, my number five is also Around the World in 80 Days, just because it's not a movie. Um, I'm actually going to put The King and I at number four. Not mad at that. Not mad at that. Because it... if And the only reason I'm putting it below Friendly Persuasion is, for me, Friendly Persuasion while completely forgettable and I don't know why it was made, it still feels like there's more of like an actual story there. Whereas King and I, for me, it's just like, here's some songs and here's like an event, but it's, there's no like thread. It's kind of like an original uh, friendly story. Persuasion yeah. is number three. Yeah. 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 I agree. I kind of, I, I agree. I would, I could switch those two and that'd be fine. And then I'm actually going to go with Anthony on the top God two. I'm putting it. 10 commandments. Second. <laughs> The ghost and of Ann Baxter first. just arrived in my 1928 apartment, we'll and she her. is pissed. <laughs> and I and I'm gonna I I my main reasoning is what Anthony talked about with the Ten Commandments is that I feel like if we had stopped an hour and forty minutes in with Moses's like fake life story or what we're just supposing, you know, Moses supposes mm-hmm. the roses yeah. or whatever, <laughs> yeah. um, then. Then Ten Commandments is number one because I think the that half of the movie is definitely stronger than the full giant. Yeah. But then I just don't care once we get to basically just like the actual biblical retelling of I, like, I, 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 yeah, and then he climbs the mount and etc. Um, we do like to on this podcast talk about other films from the year if there's any that uh, 
uh, either of you would like to mention. Anthony, anything from 56? The only two, so I, I did a little looking around, and what was War and Peace, which was... Oof. You're looking at me like No, I, I know, because I know the one that I would mention is the one that you want to mention, which is The Searchers. The Searchers. Yeah. yeah. We can talk right. about The Searchers. Yeah, we can talk about The Searchers. I, I also watched, I rewatched The Searchers for this as well. Anthony, what, did, what do you think about The Searchers? I mean, I think it's the best movie out of all of them. By, <laughs> by a country I, I have not, and, and that is saying I have not seen it in a long time. I rewatched The Searchers for this because I, I watched it in college for like a film class. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, again, obviously it's prob- there are some problematic elements of it. It's John Wayne after a bunch of Native Americans. Yeah. It is so fucking good. And I, this is what I was alluding to before about like the whole thing for me for Around the World in 80 Days is the, I think... The point, especially if you're going to do a travelogue, is to have amazing cinematography mm-hmm. of, of the world. If you're going to go around the world, show me around the world. They do a shit job. Now, John Ford just shoots in Monument Valley, and every single shot is like a fucking painting. It's gorgeous. It looks amazing. It's so of the place. It's so well... Sh- like, I mean, the beginning, obviously, and the opening are such... Like, this is why I watched it in film school. Right. So iconic. Uh, just him framed in the doorway. It's so good, though. It's just, like, such an entertaining movie. And John Wayne is such a parody of himself in it, but also, like... <laughs> It works for the movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he is so like, well, and I'll tell you. But I'm like, this is the one because the movie around him is so good. It just totally makes sense. And again, because also, I don't think he's not a hero. Like he's not a great guy in it, and they don't pretend that he's like a great guy. So it there's right. no like Holly. It's not a Hollywood hero. Exactly. Sort of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I really love this movie. It's like legit, really good, and holds up. I mean, I agree I, that it it looks great. I wondered in rewatching it up until the end how much they're trying to portray him as an anti-hero, and it may be partially just like John Wayne himself. It's like mm-hmm. you know he plays this like Confederate soldier back from the Civil War, and I really don't feel like that's portrayed as a bad thing. It's really not mm-hmm. until he wants to just murder her because she's been forcibly living with Comanches that were like, Oh, maybe he's not so much the hero that we want him to be. Um, which I guess is like positive, but also just again, knowing John Wayne's politics and just assuming John Ford's politics, like maybe they actually didn't think that was like a terrible like thing either. Um, no, it's hard it to is, re- yeah, it's hard to remove yeah. the It is difficult. Yeah, yeah. it is. Who's but, your audience? But I, What's your yeah. It de- yes. yeah, it definitely it definitely looks amazing. Um did you notice Meg in rewatching it when they find the first Comanche body? Mm-hmm. Um, he shoots that, the they, eyes out. Which I think well, they well, which I think is bad. Like I think they oh, you know what when I mean? They, like when they lift the stone off of him, the got the dead body takes like this huge breath. <laughs> 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 I did not notice that. <laughs> Go back and just watch that small. <laughs> he's like, and you're like, uh, you're supposed to be dead, my man. That was was that the only was that the only shot we could get? That was um, it. That was it. They're shooting on film. They're not reshooting that shit. Yeah, I mean, um, but I, I think when com- he shoots out those kids, 
those kids, those eyes. Um, yeah. I think also then he's not a, he, you know what I mean? Like I don't, right. they don't make him, right. that's not a good thing. Like it's yeah. just interesting. It's, it's, it's subtle, but I think the other thing too, that in the, sort of in, it's, it's very watchable. Like you, yeah. you go on this journey with them and. Yeah, I watched, uh, so I watched five other American films from the year. Um, this was the first year that uh, the foreign language Oscar was competitive and hmm. not just an honorary award. Um, and La Strada, which we actually talked about sort of recently, actually won. Uh, we talked about it in the 1954 episode because that was when it was released in Italy. Um, so I I had watched it for that. Uh, and I said at the time, you know, I'm not a huge Fellini person. I think I like La Strada more than most of his films, but um, that wouldn't have been my pick. Um, I watched The Killing, which is Kubrick's first sort of like full length, um, although it's only like an hour and 25 minutes. And I expected to really love it because I actually have never seen it before. And I love Paths of Glory so much. And it was just okay for me. Uh, There's segments of it that I think are really good, but it wasn't quite what I expected based on all the reading I'd done on it. Uh, the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I think I would actually, all these movies I would have above, by the way, everything that got nominated this year. Um, The original Invasion of the Body Snatchers, I think I actually have above The Searchers. (laughs) Um, I just think it's a cool film and it's super, it made me, in watching it, it made me think of movies like The Thing and being like, God, practical effects for horror movies are so much better than CGI. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's so much scarier when they use practical effects and stuff like that. Yeah. Even in um, uh, Ghostbusters, the new Ghostbusters, even though it's not technically, it's not horror horror, but they, right. they used yeah. a lot of practical stuff this year for that, yeah. and it, I think it does hit home. I love that yeah. you saw the new Ghostbusters. <laughs> I, also saw, about that. I also saw the new Ghostbusters. Wow. You guys are the two guys. Yeah, we're the two that saw it. Didn't hate it. I don't know yeah, how you felt. I thought it was fine. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. You know um, what? I'm going to tell you something confidently. I probably will never know. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I also watched The Man Who Knew Too Much, um, which similarly I think is fine. Like it's a lot of people's, it's right in like Hitchcock's kind of like looking back, like this was like his most like for an era between Rear Window and Psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay. It's got some, it's got some weirdly like good gags in it for an Alfred <laughs> Hitchcock film. Um <laughs> Also, did you know that's the movie that Kay Seurat Seurat comes from? No. no. Yeah, Doris Day plays Jimmy Stewart's husband in the movie, and she sings Kay Seurat Seurat on multiple occasions in the film, and that's where the song comes from. Wow, like they wrote it for the movie? I don't know if they wrote it for the movie, or, but it was, I think it won Best Song. Interesting. And at Tara the Oscars. Song. My favorite movie of 1956 is one of my wife's favorite movies, which I had watched once with her, and then we rewatched. Have you ever seen The Bad Seed? No. Mm-mm. I've never so even heard of it. So you might struggle with this movie a little bit, Meg, just based on your, uh, since you don't love like stage adaptations. And this no. is basically like, it was a Broadway show and they moved basically the entire cast and shot it. So it's a little like, there's not like crazy film work and stuff, but it's basically about a little girl who is a psychopath. Who oh, is a, I do like that. Who is a murderer? Is it like the good son? Is it yeah, like I was gonna say the good, good son? son? It's it's very good son esque. Um, 
But the the lead actress in the movie, this woman named Nancy Kelly, like in rewatching it, she was nominated for Best Actress. Patty McCormick, who plays the 11-year-old daughter, and another actress in the movie um, who plays the mother of a, of a young boy that gets killed. Um, all three were nominated for Academy Awards. Hmm. Nancy Kelly for Best Actress, the other two for Best Supporting Actress. Um, but it's sort of like deliciously dark for the period. I mean, like I don't want to give it. like a child. I don't want to give it murderer. away. Yeah, I don't want to give it away. Not so much for our listeners, but so much. I think like you would kind of think it was cool. They also they remade it sort of recently with Rob Lowe. Don't watch that. Watch the original. <laughs> um, so, but because it was like a stage adaptation, some of the performances are pretty big uh, for for the screen. But in particularly the mother, like I think they capture some great, really small moments. Um, and I think people should check it out if you haven't seen it. Patty McCormick actually, 200 South, which is the casting facility that Megan and Anthony work at, that I used to work at, she used to come in commercially still pretty frequently. Hmm. And really? one of the maddest that Allie has ever been at me was that I saw that she was coming in for a commercial job, a casting director's, uh, Dowd Roman, who no longer work out of the space that are retired, but... Um, and she was like, you didn't try and track her down and take a photo and tell her how much I loved her. And I was like, I didn't. Um, and she's still very upset to this day. But wow. yeah, Patty McCormick, <laughs> as an 11-year-old nominated for an Academy Award, we think outside of like Shirley Temple's like honorary awards, I think at the time she was the youngest Academy Award nominee. Hmm. Um, but yeah, in her early 70s, still going out for like commercial work. That's a little bit depressing, to be honest with you. I well, she also does other stuff. I'm not doing well, but she does other stuff. Like she was, she she played Pat Nixon and Frost Nixon. Like she was still like working. Um, I I just texted Maddie. Have you ever seen The Bad Seed? And he wrote back long time ago. Yeah, you'd like it. It has a creepy girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, so you guys, it seems like are going with if we could pick any movie, The Searchers. I'm saying The Searchers. Um, Yeah. But I would say that, just I would based say, on just based on Craig's description, I <laughs> I want to choose the movie I haven't seen. Yeah, well, I, guess we're um, I look forward to that. Well, check out the bad scene. Yeah. Uh, text us, tell us what you think, well Meg. We could, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. just watch it at work. Um, <laughs> Anthony, we always like to ask people: uh, Do you have a favorite movie of twenty twenty one? I. You know, I've it, these last couple of years have been tough just because of the the. Oh really? Why? Why? <laughs> What's been going on? What's been out? What's up? I swear, I think for a long time my favorite movie of last year was Birds of Prey. Oh, I again, <laughs> Anthony, get out of my head! Yeah, okay. I love Birds of Prey. I mean, Megan I kept saying, Megan said Birds of Prey for like a good like six months for like last year. Six months. The I was like, yeah. I love Birds of Prey. I thought it was great. It was never the right answer, but she kept saying it. <laughs> it I was, was for me. I was holding up high hopes for Mike Mills' most recent movie, Come On, uh-huh. Come On, yeah. with Joaquin, because 20th Century Women was my favorite movie of that year. And I, lo- I love Joaquin. Um, did you see it yet? I did. No. Good, but it, it you know, 20, 20th Century Women grabbed me, and this one didn't that okay. much. Um, his stuff is always really interesting to me because um, one of my friends in college is his niece, so um, all of his movies are very personal yeah, and kind of about um, 
like 20th century woman is about his mother. So it's like, well, that's about my friend Camille's grandma and beginners Beginners is about his father. And I was like, that's about her grandpa. So it's always weird. And particularly with come on, come on, which is about, he says it's mostly about himself, but uh, my friend, um, her father was never like, always seemed like maybe he was on the verge of mental illness um, so I wondered like the sister character, cause he says like, you know, that's no, it's more, it's, it's not about, you know, I'm the Joaquin Phoenix character, but I'm also like the other characters. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, are you that your sister's character has a right. father or has a husband that's not, you know, fully stable. Right. Right. The son. Yeah. So that, that was interesting, but I, I agree with you. I think it's, I think it's a very, I think it's a strong movie, but I don't think it's a great. Movie. Right. Um, the, and I forget if it's, if it, if it breaks the, I think it does break the 2021. Cause I think it was supposed to come out the year before, but at the beginning of the year, or I don't even remember cause they delayed it, but St. Maud, I liked a lot. I don't know if I like St. Maud too. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it technically like Oscars wise counts for 2020, but it did right. not come out theatrically. Oh, well, it didn't come out theatrically. I think barely at all. I but think, yeah. A few I think it was ago, on yeah. stars in like February of yeah. 2021, which is why it fell in the Oscars from the year before. <laughs> so I guess right now it's Benedetta. <laughs> <laughs> which, Look, not a bad, not a bad answer. Which why not? Weird. I mean, it's Paul Verhoeven and the man, he, like, I almost want to like, if if only Joel Schumacher was still alive to get these two, their, their careers are insane. Yeah. I mean, Showgirls is one of my all time favorite movies. (laughs) And I'm, I'm fully believe that he knew what he was doing with all of that. He must, because he knows how to make a movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My favorite movie of this year is I think still Licorice Pizza. I don't know if we've talked about it. That's not still. That's new. Oh, it's new. I haven't okay, seen it yet. Sorry, it was cool. Yeah, because um, we haven't talked. We haven't talked. We haven't done the podcast about a month. So uh, I saw Licorice Pizza and I fucking loved it. I mean, yeah. I I love Paul Thomas Anderson and mm-hmm. I love the Heim sisters. So yeah. uh, it was just really, um, just really pleasant. Just like what a really like a, like I think it's going to be displaced by some of the other stuff coming up. But um, I just really loved it and I I was so happy at the end. I had like tears in my eyes. Um, I saw Nightmare Alley yesterday and it was good. I'm concerned what Kate Blanchett has done to her face. Uh, I wonder was though, the, if but, that the, was, if that, cause at one point Rooney Mara well, calls her a frozen faced bitch in the movie. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder if, if they made her look like that because, because the, so she's also, I saw, I saw that actually a couple of nights ago and I also saw don't look now. Um, and in Don't Look Now, she plays like a morning show host. So with both of them, I wondered if they did like do something makeup wise right. to make her to look, make her look a little like, more a little more frozen. Plasticky. Yeah. Okay, because because yeah. because she's great. But I literally am, and by the way, the cast that whole cast is so great. But I just was there like, are I was actually when I was watching it, there are seven Oscar nominees in that cast. That's wild. Hmm. That's yeah. Yeah. And then, then you're like, um, well, it's over now. And then Tim Blake Nelson shows up at the end. It was, it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was interesting to watch. It was good. Um, and then uh, what I just wanted to say, Oh, I you want to hear my King Richard. This is sli- that was good. Yeah. Oh, and I saw um, Spencer and I thought it was just fine. Oh, I love Spencer. I know you did. I, know. I thought it, I also thought it was just okay. I, I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought she was very good. 
I couldn't understand a lot of what she said. I'm going to be honest. Like, she does a lot of whisper acting, and a few times I had to rewind because I'm like, I cannot hear her. I literally To me, I felt like they lost the thread a little bit with the um, the Sally... um, Sally Hawkins character. Character, that last scene between the two of them, I was like, it's that's too much. Like, you went... You took this a little too far for me. Maybe there's a little smoke and mirrors to me, but I am just impressed about, or I just like, you know, you don't go into think you're seeing a Jackie Onassis movie or a Princess Diana movie. I I think I talked about this. I think I saw Spencer right before the last time we recorded. And I I totally understand. I thought Jackie was a much stronger movie overall than Spencer. Yeah, I can see that. But I think the Mike and the Mechanic song might've won me over at the end. Yeah, that was great. That was that was very great. That was great. That was a nice note to end on. What's your um, favorite movie of this year, Craig? I think I'm still on Nine Days, although I really liked Power of the Dog. I thought right. it was quite okay. good, particularly That's the good. last hour, I think, is really good. I think the first hour is a little slow, but I think the second half is exceptional. And I really like The Humans. Oh, yeah, um, really? Yeah, which is an adaptation of a stage show, but the the way they use the camera, I think pulls it out because it's a show it's, it's in a similar way to streetcar. It's because it's all kind of contained in a couple rooms. Like it could very be very much be like very sort of uh, just kind of just not move around enough and be something that you specifically wouldn't like. But I think they do some interesting camera tricks. I think the cast is really good. Richard Jenkins is incredible in it. Um, and Jane Hootyshell, who played the role on Broadway, they brought back. And I was thrilled by that because she's actually amazing at it also. So hmm. you can actually, if you're not, it's probably not really in theaters. It didn't release in many places, but it is on Showtime. So you can watch it on Showtime now. Richard Jenkins also in Nightmare Alley. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Have you, has anybody seen Red Rocket yet? No. no. It, hasn't, it hasn't come out here Never yet. Is. Yeah. Yeah, I have a bunch to see. I haven't seen Licorice Beats that played literally one screening here and I was at work. So I have to wait for Christmas Eve. I but, never thought I'd be excited for an adaptation of Macbeth. Oh, I'm psyched on that. Yep. Oh, but then one of the trailers I saw the other day, by the way, I was so jazzed for Cyrano because A, I like that story and B, like Joe Wright is one of my all times. Right. And it looks like they pushed it. I, it was supposed to come out really? in December and I think it's, I think they pushed it to January, which. Well, it's still, it's like in the. death. But no, it, it's Peter Dinklage has been nominated, so it's like it's getting at least a a release in L.A. or New York somewhere because it's this year okay, awards wise. Okay, okay, okay. So even if it's not, I think because there's several movies like A Hero, the new Asghar Farhadi movie, which I'm a huge fan of his, obviously. Yeah is not coming out till sometime in January, but it is part of this awards calendar. The Worst Person in the World, which I believe is a Swedish film, um, which has been getting a ton of yeah, uh, buzz impressive. for international Richard films. Richard Lawson is number one. Yeah, it's not coming out till February in terms of theatrical release, but it is considered 2021 in terms of the awards picture. So it's already got it, Sorry. Well, that that movie's already got a Criterion release schedule. Oh, that's wild. Which and it hasn't even yeah. Do you think that they're pushing these because there's the the market is so flooded right now because there's so like we were watching like there's so many movies in the next like two weeks there's so many movies being released i think things got i think things even more than usual got pushed back like i uh i had been keeping up i had caught up 
and then had not been able to go to the movies as much. And I missed, like I said, I missed Benedetta. So I have to wait for it on streaming, but like starting on starting this Friday, I had like eight movies in theaters in Philadelphia that I wanted to see. And some of them won't be there very long. Like I really want to see drive my car, which has been getting number one, like LA film critics just gave it number one, New York film critics gave it best film of the year. Um, it probably will be in theaters for a week or two here. So yeah, there's a ton of stuff and then there's more coming next week. So it just left the theater across the street from me and I think I missed it. Well, so, shame. Yeah. You live across the street yeah. from a theater? Mm-hmm. What theater? The new art. All right. <laughs> Calm down. Um, Anthony, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um, geez. Uh, Nothing current, but I do have a podcast. I had a podcast of my own. It was called "We Paid to See This." So if you wanna, if you wanna, good name. L- thank you. It's a, if you wanna listen to movie reviews um, from movies from a number of years ago, like Lady Bird or Sausage Party, Where, which we've already <laughs> determined that you are. Oh, off air, you said I was Lady Bird. Yeah, I said you're Lady Bird. Yeah. you're from. I grew up in Sacramento, Sacramento, and I listened to a lot of Dave Matthews in parking lots. Sacktown. <laughs> I think even not being from Sacramento, I think Megan and I both liked Lady Bird a lot because it was just the same age. Yeah, I'll give you but my... Yeah, she was like a... She graduated high school in that movie the same year we graduated high school. So yes. it's very much like... One of our rival schools was the boys' school, which was called Jesuit, and, and Greta Gerwig, and then the character based on her... Yeah. The school that Greta Gerwig went to was called St. Francis. And that was like the girls... That was the girls' Catholic school. Yeah. And... Well, uh, yeah. My my wife went to Catholic school, did theater with the male Catholic school. Her mom's a therapist. Her father's an accountant. Her high school boyfriend turned out to be gay. So there were a lot of it's, lot of parallels there as well. Yeah. Although you know, you told you gave me uh, I watched Francis Ha when I was in France, and I I think I might like that even more than Lady Bird. FYI, that might be fine. my favorite yeah. Greta Gerwig joint. Well, she goes to France even if yeah. it's for thirty six hours. Yeah, she goes, she does. <laughs> it's true. She does. She does. And you were a dancer, of course. <laughs> on that note, yeah. Uh, Meg, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Murphy Megan, and I'm on Twitter at Too Many Megans. Uh, you Someone can follow save us. Me for myself. Yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at the Oscar Should Have Gone To on Twitter at the Oscar Should. Uh, we're also on Facebook at the Oscar Should Have Gone To. If you like what you listen to, please rate and review us on any streaming platform you listen to us on. Uh, we'll be back before too long. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening um, once again. Unfortunately, we're asking you to stay safe again. Uh, get that booster shot, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. 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 <laughs>